जाने क्यों तू ही तू पल में बसाए तेरे बिना क्या ये 
means because Allah is the truth and he gives life to the dead and he is possessor of power over all things. Seven. Ayat seven. And the hour is coming. There is no doubt about it. And Allah will raise up those who are in the graves. Eight, ayat eight. And among men is he who disputes about Allah without knowledge and without guidance and without an illuminating book. Nine, ayat nine, turning away heartily to lead men astray from the way of Allah. For him is disgrace in this world and on the day of resurrection. We shall make him taste the punishment of burning. Ten, ayat ten, this is for that which thy two hands have sent before, and Allah is not in the least unjust to the servants.
if a nation expects it can be ignorant and free in a state of civilization it expects what never was and never will be
Station, Kingsville, Texas, the Tucson, Arizona Station. That's where I retired from and currently live. Four months before I retired, I had my firstborn son. In between uh, caring for him and raising him, I also wrote a book the first year I was out. Most of the stories in the book of the paranormal nature are not of my own. Only about three occurrences are. So most of the stories come from other agents who got to know me and trust me enough over time to tell me their stories. Most of the people who told me about these events they encountered told me in private when we were just working together, maybe walking some trail or, or riding together at some point. They were not anxious for their name to be used or to tell everyone that they had told me that story. But I think the predominant apparition that's seen in that area is this little girl in white. Everyone has reported that she seems to be about three years old. She's always dressed in white. They were not sure if it was a, a nightgown or a dress. And there was one instance where a scope operator was driving south on Roan Valley Road. He was going to set up the scope to work some traffic in the south end. When he got out of the gate to open the gate, he encountered that little girl before he got the gate open. And he said that the little girl did not have a face. There was just a dark mass where her face should have been. He tried to back away from her, and she continued to follow him. He was scared out of his wits, so he ran back to his truck as fast as he could, trying to escape the area, and he wrecked his truck. He came back to the station, and three days later, he resigned his position. And that was the reason he gave. And many of these agents didn't know each other and didn't even work here at the same times. So there's no way that they could have told each other these stories. Before joining the Border Patrol, I had never had any real paranormal experiences. I had heard ghost stories, UFO stories, and, and Bigfoot stories. And I always found them interesting, but I didn't have any of my own really to tell. And I wasn't expecting to encounter any when I joined the Border Patrol either. I actually kind of felt uh, lucky when a paranormal event would happen to me because I knew that it was so rare that I wondered why am I encountering this. So I kind of counted myself lucky. It didn't bother me. It didn't scare me. It didn't make me afraid to go do my job or hike down a trail anymore. So it didn't affect me like that. I don't think it affected most guys with fear. The radio call was different for me in that I felt it was personal and aimed directly at me and not just some random event that I happened to witness. The radio call seemed like I was picked out for some reason to be made contact with, and that's why it bothered me. It was a classmate of mine. We went through the academy together. We came back to Brownfield, we were on the training unit together. He was always worried about something happening to someone or something resulting in his death. Unfortunately, he died at this site. He fell off the cliff behind me one night. Both nights it was loud enough that it woke me up from sound sleep. I had never heard that before. I didn't know enough about our radios at the time because we were still on the training unit. I asked one of the senior agents later about it, and he said we did not have distress signals or emergency buttons on our radios, and there 
There was no reason that that radio should have made that noise. I got up to check the radio to see if it was off, and it was off. So I turned it on and off a couple more times, and the, the beeping stopped. I looked over at the clock. The clock said 12.02. The next morning, I received a phone call saying that Agent Santiago had fallen from the Otay Lakes Dam. They'd been killed, and they estimated the time of death one or two minutes after midnight. A few days later, we attended his memorial service. I was asleep in bed, and again was woken by the same rhythmic beeping from my radio. And when I looked over at the clock again, the clock said 12.02, just like the previous time. And I was under the impression that possibly it could have been Agent Santiago trying to make contact. I never heard that beeping again. It never happened again. I carried the radio probably another five years, and those were the only two nights that ever happened. It was the night of his death and his memorial service. Shortly after Agent Santiago's death, we started getting reports from illegals crossing Otay Mountain and coming up here at the dam that they were encountering what they called a phantom border patrol agent that was stopping them and holding them up until live border patrol agents arrived at the scene to arrest them. And they said that this phantom agent identified himself as an agent Luis Santiago. When these groups would tell us about encountering the phantom border patrol agent, most of the time the agents reacted with anger to it because agent Santiago was somebody that we knew personally. He, he was a friend. He was someone that we had been working with. It was not some mythical person from a hundred years ago who was reported to be roaming the area. It was somebody we knew. It happened probably for about a seven or eight month period, and then it came to a very abrupt end. During that seven or eight months, it was happening many times, almost on a nightly basis. Several nights in a row, we would get reports of such, and they would usually go in the same manner. The final encounter with Agent Santiago occurred here at the, at the cliffs, which he fell from. The apparition sighting started over at the mountain near what was the White Cross at the time, and we slowly moved this way. For about the last month of the sightings, they were all reported here at the down cliffs, which he fell from. And on one of the last sightings, a very small group, I think it was two individuals, had climbed up the cliff here and reported that they encountered a blood-soaked agent who instructed them to walk down the trail this way a couple hundred yards and turn themselves in that there were two other agents waiting to take them into custody there. So those two individuals did as the agent told them. The only reason I can think that these experiences were happening to me and seemed like possibly more than other agents were these coming to me was that maybe it was just meant for me to write a book about this try to break a very old taboo in which law enforcement and the military doesn't talk about the paranormal. A person doesn't want to be seen as spooky or jumpy or easily scared. They want to be seen as the kind of person that nothing, nothing ruffles him, nothing scares him or gets him bent out of shape. And this definitely would be seen as something that would do those things to you and maybe stop your promotional potential. Just like to say to Agent Santiago, if he could hear that uh, his classmates have not forgotten him, think about him every day, have a nice memorial here for him, and that 
plays through my mind every day of my life, what happened to him.
पता क्या है मुबतला मेरी नजर के शिकार में ये तो पता तुझे है भला सब है तेरे इख्तियार में जान ले तू बदल भी जाए सभी Thank you.
Oh, God. 